We are now officially at the 48-hour mark of Transfer Portal season, dropping the show live on Wednesday. It is late Tuesday evening, so I don't think we're going to have any announcements tonight. But you know what? Last episode we had, we did have the announcements of Cam Coleman, so who knows? Maybe in this half-hour episode we'll have some big news that come out. You know what? We'll get it live again. We're on a hot streak for good luck, so let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle twice want to thank everybody once again for checking out today's episode of the auburn daily show whether it be on youtube podcast or wherever you are consuming it thank you want to thank you guys again and even a bigger thank you because we hit the milestone of 1000 subs on youtube that was the goal since i had taken over the show i wanted to hit it before the 2024 mark and guess what we did it a month early cannot do it without you guys and thank you all for making the show Awesome. I'm helping us grow it and making the content come out even better. Want to welcome our guest once again, who was with us. Like I said, we got all the dominoes lining up. When the Cam Coleman news dropped, our guy Pat Barnes, the, what, what was the wording phrase you said there? The berator of, of bad takes. Berator of bad takes. The berator of bad takes. Auburn's man of mystery. Auburn's hall monitor. He's with us once again, doing what he does best, pushing the narrative forward, getting all the bad BS to the sideline. Welcome to the show once again, Pat Barnes. Uh, do we have any big news before we get started like we did last time? Unfortunately not. Uh, I'm just I'm just excited to be here again with you, Memes. This has be, quickly become my favorite time of the year with it, recruiting speed dating, essentially. The, the portal moves fast and heavy, and, and we're already – knee deep in portal news three days in so i'm happy to, to come on here and discuss it with you man i thought you were gonna say it's my favorite time of the week talking about the show and i was getting like i was kind of smiling you said know, time of the years maybe, maybe we'll get there one day <laughs> brought me back down a little bit so we have by the math is this correct six folks have entered the portal so far is that correct from auburn yes six people have yeah <laughs> declared their intentions to leave auburn Six players in the NCAA total have entered the portal. Record lows, yes. Okay, so six players from Auburn. Thank you for the clarification there. I'm, I'm sure most people would have knew what I meant, but, you know, just in case. So, so far, I'm going to try to get these guys in order here. Uh, Sledge, Steven Johnson, and then uh, I believe Amari Kelly. They were kind of like doing the intent thing, and I guess it's all official now. Right. You have Steven Sings, Jair Shorter, which I didn't even realize Shorter had another year. Once again, I think he, I think he only played in four games this year, so it gave him essentially a redshirt year. Is what happened. Ah, okay, so that would make sense. So I guess he kind of took an unofficial redshirt. Yeah, we, so, we weren't planning on that in August, but that's what happened. So Shorter enters the portal, and then uh, I think at the most recently Malcolm Johnson Jr. I believe as of Tuesday, December fifth, nobody entered. I would have honestly bet there'd been a few more. But I'm yeah. guessing maybe they're meeting with some people. The Hugh Freeze has said the phrasing, we got to recruit this roster. And you've said it, we've all said it numerous times, that they're going to keep who they want to keep for the most part. I mean, they can't, they can't, I guess, totally call that. But once again, you see what's going on externally with recruiting. I'm sure internally there's going to be a lot there. So let's just ask you this right now. This is going to be kind of a two-part question. One. Did you think there'd be more guys entered this early? And is there anybody that has surprised you and or just bigger picture? Has there been any surprise for you? So as far as who I thought was going to leave, um, no, or the amount of people that have left. No, that, that number doesn't surprise me. And I was kind of thinking about this earlier in the week. Our offense really did – I mean – Outside of, I think we're going to lose a couple quarterbacks probably by the time at least summer rolls around, and, and we can get in that at a later date. Uh, but the running back room and the offensive line room, I was pretty pretty pleased with so far. I think I think we could use another guard maybe, or maybe another tackle and move Wade into guard. Um, but those two rooms, I, I'm pretty pleased with, and I would bet the coaching staff is too. Really, the receiver room was where I was expecting a bunch of attrition. Looks like we've gotten three out, and we probably should and will lose a couple more there. Uh, so I think that's really the big room that needed fat trimming, so to speak. And then on the defensive side, I think what you're seeing there, again, there was a bunch of bodies we just brought in on the defensive line to get numbers up. And we've already lost the other three there. 
Uh, and I think you can expect to land a couple in the portal in both the receiver and defensive line room. So that's about on track for what I think. And really none of these guys, to be honest with you, have left, have surprised me. Really what surprised me is maybe a couple guys in the receiver room that haven't left yet. So that, that's where I'm at right now. So if you factor in guys, and I guess I, I got to double check with um, Cassidy Woods because I guess he technically still had a scholarship too. Did we verify that he – I think he's a senior. Was a senior. Yeah. I don't – I've got this fancy little – I don't think they would have given him a scholarship had he had another year to play. Let me put it that way. Um, Give me just a second here. I got this little scholarship chart – or. Uh, Got the chart pulled up for me. Okay, he's a he, senior. He's played so, yeah. a lot of years of football, yeah. Yeah, so if you factor in the guys that are leaving due to portal – or, you know, portal, I guess they could still technically stay, but for conversation's sake, portal guys and or guys that age out, you have Cassidy Woods, who we just said. You've got Amari Kelly. You've got Malcolm Johnson Jr., Shorter, Shane Hooks, and Nick Mardner. So that's six wide receivers that are out so far. Is that correct? Yes, that's okay. correct. And obviously, I don't even know if Cassidy Woods played any meaningful snaps or recorded a catch this year. I didn't see him on the field if he did. So, <clears throat> and I guess that's just, you know, hey, here's a scholarship for being a good uh, scout team guy, which is good. I mean, if you have them, it's, it's good to reward guys that have been, um, you know, key pieces of the team because – even off the field practice stuff still very important. So shout out to shout out to Cassidy Woods for your work for helping out Auburn. So that would be six. And then uh, there's some rumors and question marks around some other guys. You won't get in the specifics of that because till we know, we know, and it's not, I don't think it's right to speculate or assume what guys will and won't do who are on the roster, but there's a few there that you can kind of circle and wonder about. There's some you may think, would be gone over others, but we can kind of leave that there by his imagination. So you have six so far. I would guess you probably have at least, I'm going to say two more. I don't, receivers. I'm not going to say who, or yeah, I'm going to bet. I'm going to say receivers. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you Two receive at least two receivers probably will and, transfer out still too. Yeah. Or go pro. I mean, you could, I'll factor in Javaris Johnson has the potential to go pro. Now, yeah. would he get drafted? Yeah. Who knows? But, I mean, just for conversation's sake, leaving one way or another. So, two receivers leave in some facets. So, and this was another another debate that we got here. So, I was talking about this with Zach Blackerby and some other members of the Auburn Daily crew of how many guys do we think leave total? Now, an asterisk on that, that includes portal, that includes going pro, that includes guys who just age out who are seniors, super seniors, COVID super seniors, whatever you call this now. I'm sorry for COVID stuff to be over. The number that, one more year after this one to be. Over. I know, I know, and then it should mo mostly be done. Except that guy who redshirted and had a medical redshirt. You know, yep. saying like the crazy like double double redshirt, which will be pretty rare. But after that, then we can just be like, oh, it's a senior. This guy actually is done. Right. That'll be the COVID thing. Has just gotten so freaking confusing. So. The number that we had talked about, Zach and I were kind of the same same mindset here. I want to ask your opinion. We both kind of circled this 30 mark of guys leaving from the portal, going pro, or uh, just guys that actually were seniors and aged out of the team. What yeah, that sounds thoughts? about right. I mean, uh, how many – let me ask you. I hadn't really looked at as far as those numbers. How many seniors about are – or how many people are leaving that are just out of eligibility? Do you know? So I think it was – I think the number was around 13. But, you know, I think Shorter ended up getting a red shirt because he didn't play more than four games technically. So I think it might yeah. have been 13 with Shorter. So I think you'll have a good number then because you're, you're looking at 13 there. And then I think probably you have about 10 players that just hit the portal, look for other opportunities, and probably five-ish players that go – that. Try to get. I think you're looking at Marcus Harris is probably going to go pro. Jalen Simpson, I would guess, is going to go pro. I would love to you know, have both of them back. You know, you know, there's another one, uh, Oscar Chapman. Can he come back? Um, I think he can come back for 2024. Oh, yes. Okay. That shows you how little I pay attention to the specialist positions. I didn't <laughs> think about those two. Yeah, uh, I think he could come back, but there, there's chatter that I mean, he's a freaking good punter. 
Yeah, he's so, great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say a hot take here. Maybe this isn't that hot. I don't think I ever want a non-Australian punter ever again. Yeah, they've they've treated us right so far. Yeah, like we need to. I don't know which special team coach we need to just fly to the other side of the world. Do it. Get, well, I get think all, something like find 10, all the rugby players. Ten of the fourteen punters in the SEC were from Australia. I think this year. So I, I, think, I think it was. Eleven, I, think it might have been, I think I think it might have been eleven. It may have been. It may have been more than that. I mean, it was an absurd, absurd amount. I don't know when that trend happened. I don't know if it had always been that way. LSU's been doing it for decades now, I think. Because I remember back in the 2000s, they had Australian punters on those teams. They were ahead of it. So I have a fun story about that. Played in a kickball league. You know, that that was like the the mid to late 20s, like millennial Thursday night hobby, as you well remember. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm too old for that, but. Back, you know, back back in my kickball heyday, uh, when I lettered in kickball, had a guy who subbed in on the team who was the punter for UAB, who also happened to be Australian. So, I mean, you want to talk about like a cheat code in kickball? Yeah, but it was if, knocking, if you, knocking the heck out of that thing. If you think they're good in football, kickball, it's unreal. He he kicked the ball, you know, from just like a regular baseball field, just you know, from the regular home plate. He kicked the ball, and that thing. Went so fast and so high. It went well. I mean, well over the outfield. It hit like the top top third of the trees, like the pine trees, like past the outfield and popped <laughs> the ball. Damn, that is that is how hard this dude kicked it. And I, I don't think it was really the sad part is, is like he didn't really look like he was trying. I think it was like a it was just like a contact kick for him. Well, the, the kickballs give you a lot of cushion. They, when you're used to kicking a tiny football, or I, I grew up playing soccer. When you kick that kickball for the first time, it's it's like a you're playing soccer on easy mode when you kick that <laughs> thing. Yeah, and I, I and no telling what what that even is intensified for for Australian punters slash rugby players. But yeah, moral of the story. Um, I hope I hope Oscar hope he puts in a good word for for some of his homies back home because tell you what, I, I think he is a very underappreciated part of this team. And it sucks because like he put he put Auburn in great field position many, many, many times that they just didn't capitalize on. But yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, it is what it is. So maybe just yeah, it'd be awesome if he does and can come back. But if not, if he does go pro and make a roster, we're hanging the banner, kicker, punter, you. I, I mean, there there could legitimately be a time to where like the the, the conversation has to go is Auburn a feeder school for NFL kickers slash punters? Because McPherson is in. Like, it, Yeah. He's as a far as I'm concerned, he's going to the league just like his brother. Next guy up. like Somehow Andrew got a starting job in the NFL. That blows my mind. I don't, I don't know how that happened. He made it. Didn't he make a 48-something or 40-something yarder for the Packers like this past weekend? Yeah, I don't know. It blows my mind. It, it Maybe I hope he does well. Uh, I hope his career is better in the NFL than it was at Auburn. Let me put it that way. I'll tell you what, Anders, Anders is peaking at the right time, so great great for him. And then so, Daniel's a legend, of course. So. Yeah, you got Daniel, then you know, you got McPherson brothers. Where did where did um Evan play in college? Florida. He I don't know. Play. I think I think I don't think Auburn ever looked at him. Because you know, Gus did this thing where he wouldn't go get a kicker until the guy was like a senior year, whatever is whatever kicker he had was in his senior year, and he just man he managed to hit on that with Daniel, and then apparently he thought that uh, you're a great kicker runs in your genes, and he just went and got his little brother towards the end of his career. So, uh, but he uh, the McPhersons are from Fort Payne, and I don't think Auburn Alabama offered uh, Evan. I could be wrong. And and what's funny about that is like. Out of the one school that you just mentioned that would needed to give him an offer, one that had a struggle with kickers, and I'm well, not—they got I'm, their guy finally. I, I'm not acknowledging this whole NCAA scoring. I, I got—I got a thing on this. This whole—you you don't get to if you're going to have a, if you're going to be in the record books, like the COVID year should not count for that. Because I think I think what's his name? Um, That's going to hurt your boy, Ben. What Riker? Is it Riker? No. Yeah, Will Riker. Yeah, it's like I think he's now the NCAA like scoring, but he's played for six years, six yeah. full years because of COVID. I'm like, I think you need to take the COVID year out of that. Like that should not count for like 
the totality records because that will never be broken because no one's going to be able to play for six full years. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh. I could, I can read about it. I mean, that's not just him. I mean, I think there's other people who are going to pad stats who people are going to look back on 30, 40 years without realizing the context and be like, oh, man, that guy must have been a stud. No, he's just, he's just above average, but he had a, a whole another year. I right. Mean, same goes, good. I mean, he did miss a kick at Auburn. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, he's made a ton more over the course of his career, though. I mean, he he's the guy that broke the curse for him. That, that guy was money for a solid three years there, and I think – he may have had a shaky portion of this season, but I, I still think if you look at his stats, it's still better than most other kickers in America. Yeah, so I'm looking at um, on 24/7, looking at uh, Evan McPherson's profile here, and it does not look like Alabama was sniffing around on him, which is just that's hilarious. Well, they had Reichard, I think. I think I think they had Reichard. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know how early Reichard would have been hit because um, Evan would have been the class of 2018. I guess Reichard was 2019, but I don't oh, know oh, when. Yeah. But I don't know when Reichard would have because I mean Reichard could have been committed really early. Yeah, he so was. They, I remember he committed early because Auburn, Auburn flirted with him. I think, yeah, but it was obvious he was going to Alabama pretty early on. Yeah, but it's you know still it's. A guy right there in your backyard. Um, well, I, I guess same deal would have gone for Anders. But, yeah, a good kicker there. But, hey, you know what? They got Alex. Alex is Mr. 100 this year. And I hope he does not miss any sort of kick in Nashville because that would be a streak. That would suck. It would be really cool for him to end the year that way. But, um, yeah, big, big ups to him. Because So, rewind it back to the portal. Say, I've hit my quota of kicker talk. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yippee, go kickers. But, yeah, back to the portal. Uh, you sent a tweet earlier. And a friend of – actually, I think it was a um, – a Dylan Lark used to host or guest on this show before I took it over many moons ago. But he sent out a tweet. Uh, do you have that tweet pulled up? I do not. Let me go, let me go back and get it. But I, if I think off the top of my head, it was something like, so far on the portal – Auburn has lost four tackles and nine catches for 144 yards. Is that right? Uh, it's in a text thread. If you want to scroll up, you should be able to see it pretty quickly. Maybe I can. Maybe I'll beat you to it. I got it. Um, yeah. Here we go. We've lost we have lost nine catches for 144 yards and four tackles. Yeah. And so that was they, sent. I don't think we're in a bad spot. Just good, good based off loss production, we're doing all right. And and I, I do have one quick amendment to, to earlier. I was a little surprised about Steven Johnson go ahead and jumping in because uh, he was just a true freshman this year. But he is, I think, the fourth nose tackle on the depth chart, so it's not super surprising. And it kind of got the vibe when we brought him in that Hugh was bringing him in for bodies um, just, just to get numbers up on the D-line. So if there was one that was a little bit surprising, it would have been him since he's got so much time left to develop. But, you know, he I guess he feels like he can get on the field quicker somewhere else, so more power to him. All right, let's jump another one. Um, speaking of, what about Sings? Zero surprise to me. I don't know if you remember, but it took us all summer to finally pull the trigger on offering them, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think we were waiting around with some other options for a long time, and then when it became apparent nothing else was going to materialize, we finally gave the scholarship to Sings. And I, somebody said earlier on one of the boards that he didn't see the field after the Georgia game, I think, really. So that doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, it's one of those things there where – I I think that was a, and I'm not trying to call anybody out here. It's going to call a spade a spade here. I think people kind of booging on that a little bit because he was he was Hughes guy at Liberty, right? He was he wasn't even a starter at Liberty. I don't believe. I think he was like the third Jack or the third edge player at Liberty. Right. So there, um, he <clears throat> there were people who were like getting pretty like hyped around that like oh you know he's he 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 saw him he wanted him like there's a reason and i I think that and this was a time that i think a lot of people were just booging on any and everything versus like he's a body he's depth he's there if you need him yeah but i I kind of agree with you like this is one of those deals where he kind of got a shot 
it wasn't it, the path to playing time wasn't ever going to be there. Thankfully, there weren't enough injuries for that to be needed, and you know, you it was a it was a stopgap to get other guys in there. I mean, this is he couldn't get on the field this year. He was not going to get on the field in front of two. 150 ranked edge players we got coming in. So, yeah, this is the uh, this is the nature of that beast. Uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. jumping to him, uh, super fast guy, and he was banged up last year. I was happy to kind of give last him a bit year. Of, do what? Banged up last year. He's been banged up his entire career. Okay, fair point. <laughs> um, that stays yeah, hurt. yeah. Malcolm Johnson Jr. the the ultimate glass cannon. Uh, incredible track speed, but just the moments he would get in the game, just never saw it. I'll say this for MJJ. He blocked his tail off in the Iron Bowl, so. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody did who hadn't been blocking all year, so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, I obviously wish all these guys the best of luck. Shorter, uh, I guess he got himself a COVID year this year because he played for four games and didn't Man, even have I, to use up a year of eligibility. <laughs> I can't talk smack about things too much because – if people were talking him up, I was talking about Jair short talking up Jair Shorter all offseason. So he's he's the big L I took this year. Cause isn't Shorter, didn't he like have the most what was his stat that he had last year? Well, he was very highly ranked on pro football focus. I, th- I want to say he was in the eighties for the season, which is a, a very good grade. And I think he led the NCAA in yards per catch over five hundred yards yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it was something crazy. Yeah. So, he was supposed to be our deep threat. He got one catch for 10 yards or something like that. Yeah, Shorter had that hype. And then Shane Hooks was having all the highlights and highlights in practice. And everyone's like, oh, he's making these one-handed, contested, tiptoed catches in the end zone. And just, yeah, none of that. Yeah, I never, fell for that. I never fell for that bait on him. But I did fall for the Shorter hype. Yeah, I will. Um, there were a lot of people who were getting hyped up on – on um on Shane Hooks, and I, I will give a shout out to where it's due. I was talking with uh, Ike Jones from the War Report uh, like a week or two before the season started. I was filming a fireside chat for him. He looked at me. We were kind of talking. He said, man, you know, there's a lot of hype around uh, uh, Shane Hooks. He's like, I just don't know if I'm buying it. Yeah. And I didn't go anything about it. You know, sometimes you if you you try to paddle upstream in the hype train, you get, you get blasted. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut on that one. But in hindsight, he was correct. Uh, the Shane Hooks – Hype uh, did not pan out to the field, and of course, we know one thing that was underreported about Hooks was we all everybody was saying, you know, we ended up we got him over Ole Miss. Did you realize that he only had a walk on opportunity at Ole Miss? He wasn't given a scholarship there. Did not see. I didn't realize that until a couple weeks in the season two. That would have been nice to know that Lane Kiffin only was giving him a walk on opportunity as opposed to a scholarship. So that's that's a big that is quite something, and then um. Uh, we kind of teased that at Sledge, big big fella, man, horse and guy, whatever. wasn't wasn't just uh, it wasn't coming. So that's all we got so far. We'll see how many more end up going to the portal. I think it's obvious that the coaches are meeting with guys. It doesn't seem like a lot of the guys on the team are making any rash decisions right now. There's going to be more guys that roll out. I'm sure there'll be some in the spring. This, that, and another. And then uh, let, but let's go to the biggest question mark right now. Let's just get this going. But you know, before you, you know what time it is. It's time to do a quick shout out to our sponsor. So elephants in the room make me think of Alabama. Alabama shouldn't have been in the playoffs. So that made me want to go to a rage room. Thankfully. They sponsor this show. Ope Like a Rage Room would be the place to go if you ever have a hankering like that. If you saw the playoff committee's announcement and you said, wow, you know what? I'm Team Florida State. That makes me mad. I need to break something. Well, you can actually do that in a controlled environment outside of your house. You don't want to you know, have your neighbors call like this guy's smashing uh, every item in his kitchen. They don't do that at the Rage Room. You actually get to go in a room with safety gear, and you can just break all the stuff, scream and listen to angry music or whatever you'd like to do. Located just outside of downtown Opelika on 2nd Avenue, Opelika Rage Room, tons of fun. They also have a second location in Birmingham. 
you can do the same thing if you are listening in the Birmingham area. Make sure to check them out on their website, opelikeragroom.com or birminghamragroom.com, of course, at Birmingham Rage Room or at Opelike Rage Room on socials as well. A lot of fun and want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Now, now that we have the ad redone, time for the main the event. Let's get to the let's get to the hot topic here. The position that everybody said circled for the portal. Now, obviously, you know, wide receiver was the hot topic. And we already mentioned the natural turn of wide receivers there. The Cam Coleman announcement happened. There's a lot of guys coming in. There's a lot of chatter, this and another. They have offered guys. We'll talk about that last. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Yes, sir. That seems to be the talk of the town. Before I before I even dive into this, I want you to cook. Just give me, give me, I'm just going to say, let's talk about the quarterback situation and then go. That's it. Okay. I have been, as as can be documented on this show, I'm sure, I've, I've been up and down on the Peyton Thorne experience so far this year. Yep. Same here. I love that. Peyton Thorne experience is a good way to put it. I did always uh, advocate for patience when it came to Thorne. And I think that paid off a little bit towards the end of the year when he obviously got better. And granted, we played lesser teams, but he did get better throughout the year. And I think the stats backed that up as well as just the eye test on him. I fell victim a couple weeks ago to booging a little too hard, thinking, hey, we're going to be able to name our quarterback out of the pool. Whoever we want, we'll we'll go get. We'll, We'll spend money on him. We'll go get him. After some reflection, I have come to the conclusion that there are very few quarterbacks, at least in the portal currently, that I think we can say are for sure upgrades or at least 75% and up upgrades every four. And I think those four guys that are currently in the portal are Riley Leonard, Dylan Gabriel, Cam Ward, and Will Howard. If we cannot get one of those four guys, and if we cannot – get them at an affordable price as all the rumors going around right now that it's tough to get a portal quarterback for under $1.5 million. And as you and I both know, we've got a lot more positions than just quarterback when you try to upgrade this, this winter. If we can't get one of those four guys for an affordable price, I'm at the point where I think Auburn would be wise to stick with Peyton, let him improve over the course of a whole off season. He's already got a year under his belt. He can, get better in the offense. I think history shows that these transfer quarterbacks get typically get much better in from year one to year in the second year they're on campus as opposed to the first year. We're gonna hope that the same trend applies here. And I think it we Auburn would be better served to get a younger guy with a bunch of high upside, somebody like an MJ Morris, who you can bring in for the spring, give Peyton some competition. But if he doesn't beat Peyton out, which somebody like that probably will not, hopefully they would be good enough they would, but probably will not give him some competition and, and groom him to be the starter once Peyton graduates in a year. That's where I'm at with the quarterback uh, field. If it's not one of those four guys that are currently in the portal, I don't see much benefit going and getting anybody else. And that includes Grayson McCall and quarterbacks like that. I don't, I don't think he's the answer anymore. Now that may change if another quarterback jumps in the portal. And, and I'm very excited to talk about that in the future. Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. What are your thoughts on the quarterback situation? Uh, let me get a quick compliance asterisk. Auburn isn't paying any quarterbacks. These are NIL opportunities they could have Correct. when they came to Auburn. <laughs> but I'm not saying Auburn's paying that. I'm just saying that those are the rumors out there beyond Auburn that these well, quarterbacks mean, are demanding $1.5 million NIL evaluation. Yes, yes, NIL opportunities for, for right. you know, compliance and NCA out there who, you know, big fans of the show. Um, we didn't want to insinuate anything was happening that wasn't happening. Correct. But but yes, the the NIL opportunities that could follow a quarterback coming to a a, a school's prominence is Auburn and others. I mean, they they do have a sense of value for their name, image, and likeness that would follow them. And there, you know, there's chatter out there of what that might look like for them but i i do agree with you for the guys that are out there and let's just let's just take nil out of the equation because technically we don't necessarily know 
what that could and should look like, and you're, you're going on if, ams, and buts. But let's just look at raw performance here, okay? What's going to go on here is do you feel like there is a guy out there that you really say, you know what, that is currently in the portal, not rumored to enter the portal, but is in the portal that you look at and say, you know what, if that guy came here, that's a step up from Peyton Thorne, a big step up from Peyton Thorne. Yeah, I think that I think the four guys I named, I would feel comfortable or steps up, but everything that goes along with that, it, are we willing to play that game? Let me put it that way. Right. And so what you get there is you have a lot of guys who are entering the portal who probably think that they are, you know, hot commodities. And, yeah. you know, they're going out there and it's, it's, you know, it's free agent season. They're testing the waters and it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Will they, will that bubble burst? We'll just put it that way. That'll be a good way to, good way to kind of word, word this delicately. And so I'm kind of on the, on, on the thoughts here. Of, you got to have to answer this question for what, what are you realistically expecting to, to do next year? What do you think the win total should be? I'm, I'm asking I mean, I think if you got a Riley Leonard or Dylan Gabriel in there, I, I think you could expect pretty, pretty solidly expect eight or nine wins. Honestly, uh, that's if you were able to bring in. I think, I think we absolutely need a veteran receiver. And if Marcus Harris leaves, the next biggest priority is going to be a, a veteran impact interior lineman on the defensive line. So a lot of it depends on what resources are going to have to be used there. Uh, of those two on those two positions, but I mean, I think a quarterback would be pretty enticed to come throw to Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman, Bryce Kane, and whoever else, maybe, um, and whoever stays from the receiver room. I mean, if Javarius Johnson comes back, I mean, he's a great slot option. Jay Fair showed that he's got some promise there in the slot. Caleb Burton as well. So I Who think Auburn, if Auburn got one of those four guys, you could expect you you should expect eight or nine wins next year with one of those four guys. But I think you should probably expect eight wins if Peyton comes back. So. Yeah, and so that's kind of my my deal here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Looking at the 2024 schedule, you're, you're going to automatically just – we're going to knock out Alabama and Georgia. Being away, that's ten wins right there. Let's just take those out. And mm -hmm. then your next most likely loss after that – Oklahoma. Would you say Oklahoma? Which I don't know exactly how much they're losing and gaining in this and that. I hadn't paid too much attention to their roster, but you know it's at home. I think that is probably your most likely circle win, depending on what time of the year it is. You get a night game. Circle win in the sense of that's your biggest game that's at home. That if you win that one, that could be a big push for the season. I think but, LSU is an interesting discussion too, because I think they're going to lose. A lot they'll play LSU year. next year. Oh, that's right. Oh man, yeah, it's gonna be I, tough to get used I, to. I did that a few episodes ago. I was like LSU, yeah. and I was like, I'd do a double take. Like, wait, they're not playing them. Yeah, because you're not playing LSU or Ole Miss next year. We do play AM though, right? They do play AM at home. So I think okay. I, I think we'll just for conversation's sake say Oklahoma, you're at nine. Now I think with I mean AM's getting butchered by the portal today. Yeah, but Wegman's, think, Wegman's a good quarterback. I'd be interested to see who they bring in and if Wegman comes back. Because I'm, I'm not going to chalk that up as a win if Wegman comes. I mean, at best for me, it's a toss-up if Wegman comes back. Right. So then you've got that one there. And then uh, I haven't paid attention to exactly what Missouri's looking like as far as – because I know they're on fire this year, but I don't know how much of their team that they're losing. They bring some players back. They're going to be tough. So – and that one's away. I mean, same deal with Kentucky. I haven't paid too much attention to what That should happening. be a win. That should be a win. Okay, I hadn't paid attention to what they're losing, but it's also a way. So, yeah, I think Vandergriff's going to be the quarterback there next year. Um, we'll see how he is. Yeah, a lot of rumors floating around around him. But you got Cal at home, so you'll get that one. So, I mean, if you're looking at the schedule right here, I mean, I think Arkansas is going to—they're going to be rebuilding immensely. Yes, and we get Vandy again, right? Yep, Vandy at home, yeah. Arkansas at home, A and M at home. WW uh, on Arkansas Vandy again. I feel good about so that. So if, if you're looking at Cal, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I feel like we got six for sure wins on the schedule next year. Yeah, Cal, they haven't Arkansas, announced Vandy. Their, they haven't announced their twelfth game yet because I guess somebody backed out. Yeah, that's so right. I guess you got to. I guess 
I guess you got to get like a pay game in there. So you've yeah. got New Mexico, which I mean, if Brian Harson takes that job, that's going to be the underrated game of the year. Um, I mean, that 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 might be a, a sellout for a pay game. It'd be incredible. Yeah. So you're looking at uh, <clears throat> La Monroe, New Mexico, and then I guess your third pay game, which would be three. Just don't call New Mexico State. And then <laughs> Cal, which will be which will be four. And somebody somebody like didn't realize the difference between those and was like, you know what I'm talking about here. And it was like, they're yeah. playing them again. Yeah. No. Different different one, man. Not far up Nemesis, New Mexico State. Yeah, no, that's a huge. I mean, even I mean they almost derailed a 2019 Auburn Final Four run. So yeah, there's there's bad blood in the waters now. So you're the looking point at of that four, is I feel good at a six win floor next year. Four right there. You got five with Vanderbilt. And then I think you probably got six with six with Arkansas being at home. And then yeah. from there, if you get Kentucky, there's seven. And then you got to get A and Missouri, A and M, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah, and one of those, and then you're you're sitting. That's got to happen. So, yeah, I think eight is obtainable, and if you overachieve and get an upset, you got you got nine in there, and I think right. that's really where you've got to get next year. Keep guys building other classes, get more impact freshman transfer portal, and then in twenty twenty five, if you do that, you could really be looking. Now, the only question mark there will be, you know, if your quarterback is Thorn, there will be some quarterback turnover, so that'll be the only thing going into twenty twenty five. But if you um, if that's where they're at, you you could really be seeing a run, especially if these skill positions and the defense and things like that that check out. But that's hey, the uh, hey. What about this? What about this though? If 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 you're not if you're not using resources on a quarterback this year, you have resources to use on a quarterback next year. <clears throat> yeah, I mean exactly, and that that's the thing about it too is um you know there are there are some um. There are some uh, opportunities, like I said, uh, you know, for for a big name, image, likeness quarterback to uh, have the um, have the chance to <laughs> right show what their brand value is at Auburn. That could Correct. be, you know, quite large if they are a uh, quite the have quite the name, image, and likeness weight to them. And, uh, you know, Auburn's a place where that stuff definitely is noticed. Correct. But what I was saying, all that kind of breaking down the schedule for, I just kind of got off track a little bit, is what I was always trying to get with, the, with those with that eight-win number, like, I feel like you can get that with Peyton Thorne. I'm not sure with any of those other quarterbacks that are in the portal as we record that you're necessarily getting any higher than that. Like, I think I the floor know, of Thorne and the Gabriel. ceiling of – I like Gabriel and Leonard a lot. I think Gabriel and Leonard are, would be incredible in this offense, and I think they're I think they're better than Thorne. The question is, what are you losing in a fresh start in this offense with Gabriel and Leonard as opposed to a year in the system with Thorne? And that's what I'm saying. I mean, a marginal improvement with Thorne, having a spring, having comfortability, having more talent, you know, whatever the – insert the what-if reasons there. There's definitely – I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of so. And like I said, I've been I've not been I've not carried water for Thorn this season whatsoever. That is well documented. Yeah, you but told me you to, hate the guy. I don't hate the guy. <laughs> That's what it is not. That is not factual. But the I don't. I just feel like I, I feel like you could get that number with him. Like if if no, I agree. all things equal out, you could. And I don't know if it is worth the. We'll just, we're going to use a very broad word here, the headache and or dice roll of bringing in another quarterback that may not put you in any better position. It goes back to the old homage of devil you know versus devil you don't know. Because what if this guy comes in here and turns into like a JT Daniels type situation where it's just all the hype and none of the results. And then you run off Thorn, and then it was like, oh, this experiment worked out. Because, I mean, the thing is, too, and I'm, I'm going to kind of play doom and gloom here, kind of go into that whole deal of, like, if year two flops with all this talent, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Hugh, especially if he's bringing in all this talent. Let's say you win six games again in year two, and you brought in a big hyped-up quarterback again, and it fell through, like, uh-oh, 
But if you have Thorne, who you know, like he gives me a very safe net and we're not having to start from year zero. Like I've already worked with him and we can get him better. That's where I'm getting at there. I can't help but wonder if that is some of the some of the deals behind it on top of just the prima donna-esque attitude some of these portal quarterbacks are having with their, in my opinion, diluted sense of grandeur. Inflated yeah, sense understand. of grandeur, excuse me. I All do right, well, think we won't let's real quick. Yeah. There are two other names that I will not mention that have been talked about on the message boards that I think I would throw into those group of names for the other four. Mm-hmm. If they happen, we'll talk about them. Um, I don't think the quarterback – I don't think the – as far as an instant starter goes, there's two other names out there I would I would be very interested in. But if it's not those two guys, I, I really don't see anybody else out there who I'd get super excited for. It's early – it is early in portal season. So a lot right. of stuff will happen. Guys from Auburn will leave. Other guys will go around. Um, I think it could potentially be a good thing. You're not seeking mass exes for Auburn. Because I think, and we'll talk about this much more in later episodes, but I think the biggest test for Hugh Freeze, kind of, I guess, is his next test of showing what he's made out of, showing his future resiliency at the program is going to be development. Can you make right. guys that you've had better from year one to year two? Can we see guys on the roster improve drastically under you and your staff's coaching? And if you see that, some of these guys who are kind of like, yeah, maybe not big head turners this past season, you see him take that next step year two, and then you really think, okay, Hugh Freeze is th- – that is a – to me, that is one of the biggest things that I want to see for saying, all right, this is what he can do, do to show that he has a long-term future at Auburn. Because that's a massive – I mean, that's a massive thing that we need to see. Some of these guys that are just maybe true or redshirt freshmen or some sophomores that weren't playing a whole lot, guys who you need to kind of Actual make high next. school development. Yes, make that next step and then be like, oh, okay. They actually are – they're doing the thing in the springtime. Because, I mean, the problem was – and it's not – that it was just the situational, but a lot of hype you heard in the spring, we kind of mentioned it with the receivers, did not translate to the fall. I mean, really the only hype – correct me if I'm wrong here. The only hype that I felt – I mean, if it was – the hype might have been a little bug inflated, but was was uh, Fairweather. Yeah, and he lived up to it. He's – I mean, he was he got voted, I think, second team tied in by both the coaches and the AP today. So if you had told me beginning of the year, Fairweather's gonna be your second team all SEC tied in, I think we all would have taken that. So Yeah, but I mean I just saying he he definitely had his moments where he wasn't Mr. Consistent all the time. Yeah, he's gotta get better. Everybody's gotta like get he, better. Yeah, I mean it wasn't like an Uzama or a Lutt deal where if the ball came his way, like snagged. I mean he he'd have yeah. some he'd have some you know, he, he he definitely showed that, yeah, there was hype, but it, you know, I'm not going to give it, I'm not necessarily going to say it was an A plus execution. But aside from that, was there any other person from, like, let's say the spring who kind of went to the wayside as far as uh, hype to execution? I'm trying to think of off my top of my head right now. We, those two receivers we didn't bring in until the summer. There was a lot of Camden Brown talk in the spring. They said he was showing out. I don't know where that went in the fall. I know he was injured for a lot of it. But then yeah, I know the injuries. Decided he, yeah, he, he forgot how to catch a ball towards the end of the year. So that was a big miss probably. And then I guess, I guess another one, if he, if he ends up sticking around, that I felt like didn't live up to the hype, and this is a debate, was Justin Rogers. Oh, no, I disagree completely. I think he did what he was supposed to do. He's a space eater in the middle. He did that. Maybe, maybe I just, maybe I was just looking at the wrong circles there. I mean, there were some people acting like he was going to be just this absolute. Ooh, who? I couldn't. I mean, let's get him on. I want to. I want to debate that. I mean, this is nearly a year ago, so I, mean, I can't. I just stuff I would glance at of people just really living up to all oh, this. Justin Rodgers is going to come in and da 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 da. da. I mean, yeah, I think mean, he was fine. He did what he needed to do. I think him and yeah, you know, I think what him and Jason Jones do on the line is kind of a thankless job. But I will say yeah. this: I, I'm not a football coach. Justin Rogers looked like the much better of the two between Jason Jones, especially the last three quarters of the year. Just, just to my own trained eye, that's just my opinion. Well, we will, we will see how like I mean, because guess they could both still come back next year. So, I, mean, I think I, I think that both of them, and I think what people don't really get there is they both add a very high floor, 
yeah. to that position, one that you don't really realize till they're gone. And uh, I think they're going to be made much better if you can hit it out of the park with getting some depth at Jack, uh, even some depth at end and or Falk making a big year two step. And then I think yep. it's going to make the two of them much better because then you got to account across the line. Uh, well, last thing, I know this episode's going a little bit longer, but um, let's go over just to close us out very quickly, some offers that Auburn has tossed out to different okay. players that have been made public so far. Shall I run through them or do you want to run through them? Oh, you're running through them. I, I tossed my, I, I don't know. I, I literally tossed my sheet away. So as of about 45 minutes ago, this, this is who we've made official offers to that's been reported at receiver, 45 minutes made late Tuesday night. Correct. Okay. At receiver, you made an offer. Will Shepard at Vandy, who would be a monumental get, I think. I think I'm, I'm about. <clears throat> no, I'm about that one. I like that. And there's a lot of people. I want to. I do want to chime in on this one. There's a lot of people that kind of scoff. Oh, Vanderbilt. No, nah, this kid's this guy's the real deal. Well, we're right because I mean, people kind of compare it to the group of five. You'll be like, okay, somebody like at you know North Texas. Not trying to throw shade at shorter, but just apples to oranges here is not playing. Like, Vandy is at least playing against the same schools that Auburn is. And, with, and he's playing with lesser talent around him. Right. So you actually can see him go up against the Old Misses, the Georgias, the Carolinas, the Kentuckys, the Missouris, the Floridas, like Auburn will for the most part, because that's what right. he's doing. So you know, hey, this is how this guy gets separation against the same SEC talent that we're getting. And then – I think McAllister was fine for what his rule was. And uh, uh, Donovan Kaufman, I would say, exceeded expectations for what he needed to do. It's like, that is not by any means grabbing a guy from Vandy. I will I will never, like, nah, it's not good. And if they do it, then we're just going to call it for what it is. Vandy's an Auburn feeder school. Well, we got two guys we've made offers to Vandy. The other guy, I'll go ahead and I'll jump ahead to him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a tackle. He had a, his name's Nate Clifton. He's got one year left to play. He, he's if he'd be the guy, I think we offer if Harris goes pro. Um, Harris, this guy Clifton had five and a half sacks from defensive tackle spot, which is, I mean, Harris had seven sacks this year. And so that, that'd be somebody I'd be real intrigued with is this Nate Clifton guy from Vandy. But continuing down the list, you've got, we made an offer to Dion Burks, a receiver from Purdue. He's got two years left to play. We made an offer to Cullen Lacey from South Alabama, who had 1,400 yards receiving this year. Sounds like it's going to be a battle with a bunch of SEC schools with him. We made an offer to Robert Lewis, a receiver from Georgia State. He had about 800 yards there. He'd be kind of a deep threat option, a one-year rental deep threat option if we wanted to pick him up. At offensive line, we made offers to Easton Kilty from North Dakota and Gerquan Scott from Southern Mississippi. Uh, they both have one year to play. They're both guards. Sounds like we're in it for them heavily. At tackle, we've made an offers to Francisco Carmona from San Jose State. He's got two years to play. And Alan Heron from Shorter, he's got two years to play. At defensive tackle, we've made an offer to Nate Clifton. That's the guy from Bandy we just talked about. And then Derek Harmon, who's got three years left to play. He's a defensive tackle from Michigan State. Um, I think he's had a promising young career so far, so he'd be pretty exciting. At linebacker, we made an offer to Christopher Paul. He's got two years to play for Arkansas. Had 75 tackles this year for Arkansas. So I think he'd be a really good get. But he's going on a visit to Ole Miss this weekend. He's going on a visit to us the weekend after that. So we got got to stick in it for him. And then lastly, I've seen two offers at cornerback. One from Will Lee at Kansas State. He's got two years left to play. Had a good year there. And the other one's Ethan Robinson from Bucknell. He's got two years left to play. Kind of like an all-Ivy type player. Um, I'd rather get the guy from Kansas State personally, but we'll see what happens there. Those are the guys we've made official offers to so far. Yeah, more will come. Um, I believe – have they said there's like was like a 1,000 guys have entered the portal already? Yeah, a huge that number. I think it was even more than last year, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and a lot of that has to do with the fact, too, we kind of said this, and we'll reiterate this a lot because it will still be a factor, is technically have just a lot more upperclassmen than you normally would because a lot of these guys still have COVID years. And a lot of these guys are trying to use their last little bit of eligibility to try to make a flash to either go to the league, to the maybe league. they think there's better NIL opportunities at other schools, flash getting to the league. So a lot of motivation for that. So you probably will see 
a lot more attrition in the portal this year than maybe you would in years down the road. But that's kind of a good thing for Auburn because, hey, there's more uh, more pickings and there's a uh, entire upperclassman class that from high school that Auburn just doesn't have. So <laughs> Auburn is in a proportionately better position than a lot of other schools from a roster standpoint to grab guys who should be juniors or rising seniors because, you know, they just didn't have those. So that's uh, that kind of works out well in Auburn's favor to um, do that. But Pat, we're going to close the episode off. want to thank you for dropping some good information and commentary for the portal situation that Auburn has so far. There'll be lots of questions, lots of answers. We are on the fifth day of December. And I think we are still not even in the heat of what this month has to offer with signing day, with high school recruiting, with potential coaching turnover, with bowl prep, transfer portal, and literally everything else that will happen between now and the end of this month to close out the year. Always exciting right. stuff. I want to thank you for coming on as always. I want to thank the all the listeners out there for hanging tight. This episode goes a little bit longer than normal, but it's just a lot to talk about. So <laughs> we wanted to get into it. And, um, you know, maybe it'd have been like a few minutes shorter if I hadn't gone on my uh, kicker rant. So I'll, I'll, I'll take my L there. But well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, if you like the show and support the show, like, share, tell somebody. If you don't already, subscribe, follow, review. And, of course, comments. Comments really helps. If you're on YouTube, slap a comment on there. Give it a like. Do all that stuff. The algorithm hears that. The algorithm feels that. And the algorithm spreads it out to let other people know, hey, other people love this show. Maybe you love it too. And hopefully those folks will love it too. That is going to wrap us all up. We'll be at you guys a little bit later in the week. Probably will not. Uh, probably could do a Friday episode unless there's some big news that drops. So if you all are listening on Wednesday, probably not going to have anything going out Thursday. We'll be back Friday at you. And uh, Andrew will be on with us and we'll be talking about whatever big news comes between now and then. So thank everybody out there for listening once again, and we'll be with you soon.